Baseball isn't just numbers, numbers, numbers. This game is not being played on computers. You don't do that with a bunch of statistical gimmicks. You don't put a team together with a computer. We're talking weighted runs created plus. Expected Woba. Sweet spot rate. Defensive runs above average. Average exit velocity. Barrel rate. XFIP. BABIP. SIERA. We are above replacement radio. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. We've had a couple very good World Series games at our expense uh, in the last couple of days. One of them, instant classic. The other one, maybe a little more forgettable, but it was pretty good for the, for the first like seven or so innings. Uh, and uh, yeah, we got a we got a split series going into Arizona. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I-, I missed out on both because I protest any uh, any any World Series that doesn't have a, a large market team, yeah, uh, or is near an ocean. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've been I've been missing out um, because this was not, yeah, this wasn't entertaining enough for me. The fact that this was you know, MLB's biggest nightmare World Series. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you need, you know, first time since 2016 that it's not that the Astros nor Dodgers are are in this one and. You know, I made sure I made sure to skip that one, that 2016 one. I don't know what happened there, but I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't. Was, at least there was a all. large market team, though. It was and a large market, it was, team. and it was near a lake. Yeah, they were they were near bodies, large bodies of water. Pretty great one, actually. Great, great bodies of water. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, it's it's been pretty cool watching. You know, watching game one was was pretty stellar. Luckily, I was able to come back in time for the the real dramatics of it you know the Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia home runs um but uh but yeah it's been pretty fun it's been kind of what I expected like I expected you know we both expected a pretty competitive series here and here they are they're they're split after after game two heading into Arizona um and yeah I mean we could just jump right into game one um I know personally like when I saw that you know Rangers had the lead I figured they would kind of hold it comfortably with how Evaldi was and how he was pitching in those first two innings, but um, runs into a little bit of bad luck and also just the the air, you know, the Diamondbacks kind of execute offensively and eventually they go up on top three to two. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, I mean they had some good. Uh, I guess Babipari in that inning, but that's all right. Uh, or Tommy Pham did homer in that inning. Um, uh, right. I, I thought that was the uh, the next. That was inning? that was the next inning. You're right. Yeah, but, single, um, single, sack, bunt, triple. That was also when Leody Tavares took that weird route on that ball. Yes, that was that that kind of caused the triple. Yeah, just looking at um looking at that third inning, um you have a a sixty two and a half mile per hour exit velocity single with a negative fifty three degree launch angle. At yeah, Travis. Alec Thomas hit a tapper that like just got just got by. Uh, yeah, it was a. Pre- projected distance of of two, two feet. feet um and then uh evan longoria with another ground ball single that one's a not, not, a, not a hard hit ball yeah not a hard hit ball i mean not even close to it it was 0.1 miles per hour off um <laughs> but uh it, it did have a 490 expected batting average so it had it it was probably not going to be a hit but it did have a 49 percent chance of, of being a hit and then geraldo perdomo sack bunt then you got the triple um and unfortunately, yeah, for Leody Tavares, Leody Tavares like fielded it weird. He like ran, 
he ran like in front of it and it just went behind him and yeah there was also that fielder's choice that corbin carroll scored on i have no idea how he scored on that i know that he's like very very fast but if you watch that back like most of the times that's not even a ball that people run on yeah exactly exactly i hit one to first fielded nicely by low wasn't a great throw to the plate but even still i think a good throw it would have taken a perfect throw to get him right 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 and uh yeah diamondbacks take the lead uh three to two then the rangers uh tied up or or no did did they not No, the diamondbacks or no they did tie it up on a walk yeah they tied it up I believe it was a, a Mitch Garver walk. Yeah, it was two way out because it went strikeout, strikeout, walk, double, walk, walk. Yeah, it was. It was Zach Allen did not have his his best performance that day. Um, and then Tommy Pham home run. Then the Diamondbacks tack another one on later, and then it's five to three battle of the bullpens. And you know Diamondbacks bullpen seems to be going well, but uh, unfortunately they run into Corey Seager. Yeah, how how did uh how did the previous batter get on? Uh in what inning? Uh in the ninth inning. In the ninth inning, uh it was a single. Yeah. Le- or no, it was a sorry, it was a leadoff walk to Leody Tavares. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was by Seawald. It was uh it was trouble there. And then Corey Seeger with a bomb of a home run. Um twelve off the bat, thirty-three, so it gets sweet spot rated, unfortunately, but uh but 418 to left or to right down the line. Yeah. And his, yeah, I mean, it, it can't be emphasized enough how much his postseason legend just continues to grow, but also it's just generally like, he's just one of the, he was one of the best hitters in baseball this year. And that's just continuing. I think he's just playing like he had been playing pretty much for all of the season that he had had in the regular season. Someone made a very funny uh, point that, uh, you know, this was the Rangers' first uh, World Series game at the new Globe Life Field, but it was Corey Seager's third home run in the World Series at Globe Life Field. Yep, yep, exactly. It's it's pretty it's pretty hysterical how that uh how that worked out, but yep. he just continues to mash, and then eventually in the eleventh inning, Adolis Garcia hits a home run, um, at you know goes to right center field, hammers it. It's 106 miles per hour off the bat. Just needed enough air, and and it did have that. Um, And his postseason legend continues to grow as he continues to have amazing, amazing moments. Um, Yeah, this was an an unforgettable game one. And I know you had some stats specifically on, you know, what made it so great in in that game one. Yeah, so first of all, Adolis Garcia... Uh, you know, I mean, obviously everyone remembers the walk-off home run, but he had some really, uh, really good at bats, particularly a really some really good batted balls. Just getting into it very uh, specifically, he had four hard hit balls uh, throughout the game, which was pretty remarkable. So in the first inning, he had a 116 mile per hour single, which uh, is the hardest hit ball in World Series history in the Statcast era. Or yeah. Since 2015, no one's ever hit it more than 116. So, I mean, his first at-bat, hardest hit ball we've seen in the World Series in at least the last eight years and probably beyond that. Uh, yeah. In the fifth inning, he hit 108-mile-per-hour ground out. And then in the eighth, a 97-mile-per-hour single. And then, of course, the 106-mile-per-hour barrel that went over the right field fence. 
and he became just the tenth player in the Statcast era since 2015 uh, to have four hard hit balls in a single World Series game. So, pretty impressive, very impressive game for him. He was locked in. He was, you know, hitting the ball hard. Um, he went three for four on such hits with with the walk off home run and also, like I previously mentioned, the hardest hit ball in World Series history. Right, 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 right. Um, and you know there were just some big, just big moments in this one. And Corey Seager's was especially, especially huge. You know, not often this early in a World Series do you have such a clutch moment. And this is your stat, Daniel. Is is his ninth inning home run had the third highest uh, championship win probability added uh, on any hit in a World Series game one in World Series history. Third highest in the history of this World Series goes back to 1903. Uh, it gave it added the um, it added the possibility of the Rangers winning the World Series by 14.79 percent, um, which is pretty spectacular. There, the third um, most in a game one. Did you see what the other two were? Um, was it Kirk Gibson? Kirk Gibson was the number one, obviously. And uh, yeah, I forgot what the other one was. Well, it's one of our favorites. Um, one of our favorites. One of our favorites. Think, uh, think Mark Simon. Oh God, why, why am I completely blanking on this one? It was in 1924. Oh, um, was it Roger Peckinpah? Yes, yeah. it was. It was a ninth inning double. Not even with two outs, by the way. Uh, and in the game that they went on to lose, and a series they went on to win, but. Uh, yeah, he had a ninth inning double to tie the game uh, for the Senators against the Giants to send it into extras, I believe, uh, a game in which they did unfortunately lose. But uh, the yeah, series. that ninth inning double increased the, the championship probability for the Senators by about 15%. Yeah, there we go. Shout out to Roger Peckinpah, MVP and Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall no. of Famer? No, he's not. I don't think so. Um, I know he Should had be. one of one of the accolades um so should he be so no probably uh, not definitely that'd be also probably not uh <laughs> oh well he did have an 87 ops plus for his career uh and Ozzy smith he had yes it, by the way his mvp season he had uh, a 91 ops plus he just hit 294 on the team that won the pennant yeah uh, 45.1 career war that's not awful he just probably played extremely good defense yeah his d war is only about uh 10 points away from his o war so that's a bit concerning yeah and and d war doesn't account for those errors he made in game seven of the 1925 that World is true game. people people um, don't want to talk about it i mean you can blame it on the weather but it was it was the same for the pirates he had 314 career sack bunts that probably doesn't help Maybe maybe it did help for his voters. Yeah, right. Hey, maybe it would have been way worse. <laughs> he's a team he's a team guy, team player. Yeah. He um, would fit greatly on this Diamondbacks team. Yes, yes he would. I think they bunted three times in game two. Yeah, yeah. And look at look at what happened. They won nine to one. Yeah. That, they they wouldn't have won that game. See, we can talk about all these all these stats of how I think one of those bunts turned into a run. We can talk about all all the time how the team that out homers the other team is whatever has like a nine hundred winning percentage, but I mean the Diamondbacks scored nine runs after bunting three times, so 
yeah that's that's all i need to know with um, yeah exactly but uh but yeah um anything more on game one before we talk about game two yeah i mean i think it was i think it's very surprising and this is this is definitely a good no more than it's a bad no but for how much of a question mark they were coming into the postseason this was really the first you know like this is the first uh i guess whoopsie from the diamondbacks bullpen that we've seen i mean yeah. also, you know everyone else looked great you know i mean ginkle pitched the eighth and he was spectacular as always i think uh thompson pitched in that game as well mantiply uh yeah and uh, that was everyone leading up to seawald and yeah unfortunately uh he did give up the homer which it was a fa- it was a first pitch fastball up which is Corey seager's a guy that does swing at the first pitch quite a lot um or definitely more than anyone ever so i mean giving him a high fastball high and in fastball especially probably not the best move but that's you know that's what it was yeah i, I mean yeah i'm not sure I've, i haven't looked at like his uh whatever hot zones and whatever but i know he's a guy who takes an uppercut swing so i feel like he's more vulnerable top yeah. of the zone however um yeah, it was it is it was kind of the first like major like where the Diamondbacks had the lead and they blew it like that was it's like the only time that's happened so far and they've been pretty consistent which has which is why they're there. Um so you know, you wonder if that will continue. I doubt it because, you know, I mean they they've just been so good and, you know, if you're going to if you're going to give up a game time home run, it's probably going to be to Corey Seager. Yeah. Uh, he's the best hitter in that lineup. So, you know, so, you kind of have to tip your cap. Just for context, Corey Seager swung at the first pitch in 52.2% of his plate appearances this year. Uh, if that sounds like a lot, or if you're not sure what it sounds like, that's the highest rate among the 133 hitters with at least 500 plate appearances this season. That he's is the only one. He's the only one that swung at more than half of first pitches. Fernando Tatis Jr. was second at 48.8%. Yeah, that is crazy. So no, yeah. So I mean, there you go, right there. I mean, a first pitch fastball up and into Corey Seager. That's like it was, it was a it was a mistake. I mean, it was a pat pitch that was asking to be hit out, um, and that's what he did. Yeah. Um, it looks like he slugged. Eh, slugged four twenty one in that in that zone. I think so. It wasn't the worst, but it was in the strike zone and. He also, but he did also slug six nineteen against fastballs and against forcing fastballs. That's true. Yeah, it could have started with a slider or something. Um, so sweeper yeah, slider. Sixty. He had a sixty-seven percent hard hit rate on fastballs with a seven. With by the way, his expected numbers, uh, actually indicated that he was unlucky. Like, it yeah, was bro. it was a bad first pitch right there. That's I know I just I know I just explained why it is for five minutes, but I mean there you go. Yeah, I mean, nonetheless, it is it is a an extremely good piece of hitting. Um, you know, most guys most guys aren't hitting that out first pitch, but Corey Seager is the is the type of guy that is going to take advantage of that. Um, it's just hard to do, but he he can do that. He can do that for sure. Um, so yeah, he. Gets the game tying home run. Odolis Garcia gets the gets the solo shot. Uh, Rangers bullpen holds it down in extras. Uh, good for them. Um, and uh, yeah, they did, Rangers bullpen actually didn't allow a single run, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, all the runs were Evaldi's. 
all the runs were of all of these. So that meant that they went, I think, six innings, six shutout innings. So good on them for being able to do that. Um, however, in game two, it, uh, you know, the tides turn a little bit. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is not, you know, as dominant as, you know, you would, uh, as we've come to know him to be uh, necessarily. Also, by the way, the Rangers did not walk anybody. The Rangers bullpen did not walk anybody. So shout out to them. Um, in, in game one, they did not walk anybody. Six strikeouts, no runs, no walks. Um, but yeah, in game two, Jordan Montgomery does not strike out a single batter, I'm pretty sure. He did not. He did not strike out anybody. Six innings, faced a ton of batters, but did not strike out anybody. Uh, I think had a 5% whiff rate or something like that. I'll have to double check. Here. It was very low. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got 37 swings and two swings and misses um, for a 5% whiff rate. Yeah. It was, it, it was pretty something, but you got to give credit to the diamondbacks uh, offense there too. Yeah. I mean, I think it is more of a diamondbacks thing than it is. Uh, Cause I mean, Martin Perez came in and got four and four swings and misses and just uh, an inning and a third. And I know he did also give up four home, four earned runs, but um. But yeah, yeah, it's it definitely is uh definitely is something there, and yeah, the Diamondbacks as a whole in that game had an eleven percent whiff rate, which was the lowest whiff rate in a World Series game since twenty seventeen, and they only had two strikeouts in forty two plate appearances, which is the least amount of strikeouts in a World Series game since twenty ten. Um, twenty ten was a pretty long time ago, but yeah. uh, wait, who was in that World Series? Uh, Giants and Ranger. Ranger. Uh, who is who is managing the Giants? Uh, Bruce Bochi. Oh, I wonder what that guy's doing now. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. Hmm. Um, probably long retired at this point. Yeah, but, he, uh, well, he did re- actually. You know what? He did retire after 2019. Remember? That is true. So he is technically yeah. like long retired. Yeah. So he's he's not in baseball anymore. But uh, but yeah, and then on the other side of things, Merrill Kelly was was the awesome. star of the show. Uh, he was he was great what he did yeah uh um, so mcmerrill kelly first of all uh 22 called strikes uh which is very impressive something that you just don't see a lot of um and that is the most it was the tied for the most uh called strikes in a single world series games and steven strasberg in game six of 2019 um which was awesome and uh also um, uh, a 36% called strike and whiff rate. 36% of all pitches he threw either were swings and misses or called strikes, which is the 14th highest rate among the 178 World Series outings since 2008, which with at least 50 pitches. And you had a couple others as well. Um, yeah, this was the longest World Series start since 2019. He he went the longest. He went seven full innings. Um. Which uh, you know, everyone everyone's gonna be so excited about that. Um because obviously, but you know, the, the Diamondbacks had a cushion and they used a lot of their bullpen the previous day, so figured they'd give him a longer leash and it worked out for them. You know, they only he only gave up only ended up giving one giving up one run, and that was in the third inning, I believe. Um Yeah, the Diamondbacks were up uh I believe four to two when he when he exited the game. Um four to one. Four to one, yeah. Four to one when he exited the game. And they scored three in the eighth. If they scored those runs earlier, he probably could have gone like later into the game. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He, he was at eighty nine pitches, which 
in the regular season, you'd probably throw him out there for the eighth, but, you know, it was only a three-run game. You know, anything could happen at that point. And by the time that they had scored three more runs to make it 7-1, like, he was already sitting a while. They already had Andrew Selfrank warm. So, it made sense. But it would have been cool to see him go further out there. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, as far as, like, takeaways from these first two games, I'm I'm kind of, like, I'm, I'm not sure what to expect from the Diamondbacks offense. I mean, granted, they scored combined 14 runs, which is really, really good. But game one, they struck out 14 times. Game two, they struck out two times. Um, so it kind of, it seems like it's a pitcher to pitcher basis. Yeah. I have no idea what Max Scherzer is going to bring to the table. Like he hasn't been good in these two starts, but if he pulls out a great start, I'm not going to be surprised. I mean, he's Max Scherzer, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm not led in any particular direction after these first two games. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that I'm sure of is that there's no way we don't go back to Texas, right? It would be shocking, yeah. I would be very surprised if one team wins all three of the games in Arizona. Um, you know, the Rangers haven't lost on the road uh, all postseason. Diamondbacks have played very well at home, all things considered. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I I don't feel like there's pre- there's really I don't feel like there's really that much pressure on either team to go into Texas with with a particular lead because I mean I felt like the Diamondbacks you know m- most of baseball fans thought the Diamondbacks were completely out of it when they went back to Philly down three two yeah and it, they seemed to figure it out and by the way yeah. yeah. Going back to Merrill Kelly for a second, um, he gave up three hits in the game, and one of them was a 75-mile-per-hour single. Uh, one of them was a 69-mile-per-hour single, and the third one was the home run to Mitch Garver that absolutely should not have been hit for a home run. Yeah. Like, it, was not, it was not a strike. It was a sinker down low where you're supposed to hit a ground ball, and somehow Mitch Garver took it out uh, at 404 feet to the left. Yeah, and this was I, I made a very, very specific, very filtered stat about that, but it was the first sinker out of the zone hit for a home run in the World Series since 2009. But I think there, yeah, there have been like hundreds of home runs since 2009 in the World Series, and like none of them have been a sinker out of the zone. So yeah, I figured, I figured I'd bring that up. But no, yeah. it was crazy. You're not supposed to do that. No, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to hit them in the air first of all. <laughs> And you're not supposed to crush them, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that that was a fun that was a fun thing to point out. Um, yeah, I'm not led in any particular direction after this one, which I enjoy. Like, I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like I'm giving up on the series at all. I'm more I'm just more excited for what's to come. And then along with that, um, I'm not really I'm not really scared for either team if they get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Rangers went into Houston down three, two, and the Diamondbacks went into Philly down three, two, and they both succeeded. So I don't, you know, I don't really, uh, yeah. get worried about either of these teams facing adversity. The, uh, the Rangers in game two, this is just a thing I just noticed. They went one for eight on batted balls with an exit velocity of a hundred degree of a hundred miles per hour or more. So they had a, they had a 125 batting average with an expected batting average of 572 on, on 100 mile per hour batted balls okay yeah <laughs> uh the lowest 
It's the lowest uh, batting average on 100 mile per hour batted balls in the World Series throughout the Statcast era. Minimum five of such batted balls. I know it's very, very specific. Basically, what it means is tough luck. Which I mean, when you lose nine to one, probably doesn't make that much of a difference. Although it was, yeah. you know, maybe maybe the game is managed differently if those go if those bounce another way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, they also yeah. slugged. They slugged five hundred with a fourteen thirty seven expected slugging. Right. It would be much more of a conversation had they lost four to two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, tough luck on the Rangers side of things, but. Yeah, the Diamondbacks did also hit the ball very well. Maybe to 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 put all these numbers into perspective, me it's a sign of hope for the Rangers offense. It's not they didn't score one run because they were awful on offense. It's just some some batted balls that usually don't find gloves found gloves, and uh, you know they're hitting the ball hard. They, they I mean they struck out nine times against Kelly, which is tough, but. You're not going to be facing Kelly till game six, most likely. So, yeah, um, take it with a grain of salt. Take the take the one run performance with a grain of salt. That's what I'd say as well. Um, all right. Anything more before we uh, wrap up here? No, I think that was everything. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in the desert. I mean, I'm sure. I really hope. I mean, I I, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I'm I'm almost positive we we got to be going back to Texas on during the weekend. Yeah, the idea of one of these teams taking all three in the in the desert is just it it wouldn't make sense to me. Um but given given the lack of predictability that these playoffs have had, I, it would be funny if just the Rangers won all three in yep. in Arizona or the Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so we will see. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to watching all three of these games. Um yeah, so if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio and uh, subscribe to it. Check out all the digital content and whatnot. Check out the playlist with the guest interviews. Uh, we have a good amount of them. I, I was just like thinking about randomly just on the couch, like how good the Chris Rose interview was. You know, it happened over two years ago. But like what he was saying to us about like, his opinions on major league baseball, like media in major league baseball and MLB network and the ins and outs of intentional talk. That was like, I, I feel like I took that for granted at the time, but that was a really good candid interview that we had. And since him. then we've seen a lot of kind of what he said come to fruition, because I think the baseball media landscape has dramatically changed. I mean, the best example is, have you seen uh, foul territory with Scott Braun? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? There's like, six seven former players that are regular contributing members of that there's people that go to john boy like it's yeah people are kind of breaking free and, and wanting to be more independent uh and it's it's definitely changed the landscape quite a bit yeah yeah for sure so check out that interview we did it a couple of years ago but i mean it's it's just fun to look back on um along with that Follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Kern. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where hopefully we'll just be talking about games three, four, and five and previewing games six and seven, hopefully. But we could be talking about the World Series champions. So we will see you then. 
This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.